Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to a glorious and gorgeous day in the best little city in America. Good news, everybody. Good news. This, we're going to start this show with some really good news. As you heard on the top of the hour, Uber producer Dan Peters back in the studio after a, a nice little break for Dan for the holiday. And we're happy he's back. Our long local radio nightmare is finally over. I'm back in black, I tell you. Yeah, you, you scared me a little bit with that. I'm not going to lie. All right. <laughs> That's what we do around here, you know. Exactly. Oh, baby, little ACDC. Did you see that uh, the brother of Angus Young? Yes, Malcolm. Malcolm, yes. He uh, passed away while you were gone. Yeah, I did see those reports. Uh, kind of interesting. You know, you forget how long ACDC was together because Malcolm and Angus put that band together like in the mid-60s sometime. I, it was a long time ago, and, you know, they didn't come into my consciousness till much later. But Yeah, I think they really, they got their first record deal in 74. Yeah, they were touring Australia long before that. But uh, always good to uh, uh, hear a little ACDC. It's, it's kind of nostalgic to me now. I wasn't a big fan at the time, but I hear it now and it you know, puts you in a different place. You know how that is. But welcome back, Dan. We're, we're glad to have you. Thank you. And uh, last night, big Sky Force game. Of course, Dan is the voice of the Sky Force. Boy, what a, what a turnaround because they were down a couple of players from the weekend Prior to that, prior to Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and man, they they got they got rattled by a team that actually has won seven straight games, and then they came back last night and they got a couple of those players back, and boy, they they really played well against Erie, and and that's that was very a, a very good performance by yeah. the Sky Force. Outstanding. When's the next uh, home game for you? They will play Friday. Okay, well, that's the Pentagon. Good, good to keep in mind. Weekend is it two nights? Friday and Saturday? Actually, just Friday. Just Friday. Okay. Yeah, they will play. Santa Cruz at home on Friday night, and then the two teams, hopefully they're not going to take the same flight, they're going to go to Santa Cruz and play on Sunday. You would think they probably will be on the same flight, you know, because those guys fly commercial sometimes, don't they? Oh, they always do. Yeah, so they could end up hanging out. How is that going to be? You know, you got 30 uh, G League players uh, loading up on a plane <laughs> to go to Santa, to go to Minneapolis and then to Santa Cruz or wherever. That's that fills up a plane pretty fast. <laughs> no doubt about it. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, Dan and I will be here for the next two hours of lively and informative conversation on politics, film, science, the life and times of a local broadcast news. Um, and so thank you for spending some of your valuable time with us today. So uh, here's the deal. So yesterday, I, I get done with the show yesterday, and I walk out in the hallway, and I'm, like, accosted by uh, Jeff Turn and Jerry P. from ESPN 99.1, which is across the hall from us here at Results Radio. And they're just laying into me about the fact that I have uh, these bar mitts on my bike. They're like mittens on your bike, okay? They're, they're cold weather gear for riding in the winter. And they, you know, they post something on my Twitter, on their little Twitter feed over there at ESPN, and, uh, you know, making fun of me, saying, uh, you know, if... Uh, if you've uh, if you've got to uh, ride with mittens, maybe you shouldn't be riding something like that, which is wrong. It's just wrong. And so I tell Turn today, last night, I'm like, okay, it's on. I guess you know you're gonna you're gonna keep you know throwing stones at me. I'm gonna start throwing stones back because 
He's just all, you shouldn't ride a bike in the street. You should only ride on the bike trails. And, you know, it's this, it's this, he's a, he's a, a car centric suburbanite. That's what Jeff Turn is. You know what I mean? And he's living in a middle class bubble of the lazy American entitlement. That's who he is. I want to drive, and I want to drive as fast as I can. I want to get to where I'm going, and I want to be warm, and I don't want anything to get in the way. That's Jeff And if Turner. anything does get in the way, Lord have mercy on them. <laughs> that's right. They better get out of my way. That's that's a turn. Uh, and, and honestly, that's a pretty good uh, uh, imitation of turn. Yeah, you are about spot on. Maybe just maybe a half a degree off of what that actually would sound like coming right. from the lips of Jeff Turn. Right. And so most people, fans of this show, they haven't heard Turn because they're listening to this show and we're on at the same time. And you know, good on you people. You don't need that kind of pain. Uh, but so this is my new salsa Fargo. It's a sweet, sweet ride. And you know, he's just wrong about all this stuff. So I. Uh, uh, I threw up some stuff on Twitter myself, and uh, we've been going back and forth. Some folks from the cycling community, as I like to say, cycling community, have been getting involved and also beating down Jeff Turn. So, uh, you, if you want to go read it, it's it, it's not always uh, uh, pleasant to look at. You know what I'm saying? It gets kind of ugly, but you go to Peel Alley Show and you can see all his silliness. He's just so wrong. He's got this revisionist history of American law going, and it's, oh, my God. And and you have been riding outside during the wintertime, cold weather season yeah. for years, yeah. and, and you're still here. Yeah, I'm and, okay. And his his claims will fall on deaf ears yep. in, in this setting because I, too, have had to be out on a tractor yeah. in the dead of winter, have to put together a mix of ground feed to feed the dairy cattle, right? and ride a tractor with no cab oh. during, you know, it's like, well, um, looks like we're getting low on the feed supply. We better max up a new batch. Oh, man. Got to do it in whatever weather it takes. That's right. Cows got to eat. And you know what that made us, though? Being outside, being able to weather, made us tough. That's right. right. Tough by body, tough in spirit, and clearly... What you're seeing with Turn is is just a weak spirit, you know. He's just a weak, weak person. I mean, he knows a lot about sports. If you like sports, you you listen to the show. That's great. But in terms of you know humanity and being a uh, a proper citizen and uh, a South Dakotan, he's just weak. Mark Twain would probably say his constitution is subpar. <laughs> That's exactly it. So this is going to go on for a while, I fear, because he's still, he's like sitting in the studio before the show trying to throw questions. I I had to kick him out of my studio so that I could get ready for this show, which is, by the way, going to be great. We've got a fantastic show. Brian Allen, the anchor man from KSFY TV for the past decade is in for the second hour. Brian and I have known each other for a long time, and so we always have a, a good conversation on news and events. The Common Man will be in for Weird Friends today, and uh, we'll preview the screening of a great documentary with uh, Jamie Weedy of in Indie Events. Indie Events, who's been on the show before. The film that they're showing tomorrow night is one I'm very interested in. It's Bill Nye, Science Guy. It's a whole documentary about Bill Nye, and uh, I think you'll be interested in that. Also, I'll have a P&L statement just up after the break, and today's topic is just stupid men. Just stupid, stupid men. That's all coming up here in a minute. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. Too low, 
318 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And it's that time of day when I'm looking through the news, looking through the news, looking for what interests me that I can, uh, you know, sort of give you my perspective on. Uh, And today it's not very hard, okay? And I have, of course, been doing the stupid man update here for a while now, for the past few weeks, as this whole sexual harassment issue has uh, been rolling out across the nation in all the different parts of society. Um, But there are two things that struck me today as, you know, not really, it just, these two things are, they're not both about sexual harassment or anything like that. Okay. But one of them is related. And there are two people who drew my ire today. One is the president, Donald Trump. And the other is former state lawmaker, former, uh, uh, U S marshal, uh, former right-hand man to Bill Janklow, Gene Abdallah. And I'm going to get both, get into both of these things today because they both drive me nuts. The first one with Trump has been all over the news, of course, and that is that he was at this award ceremony for the Navajo Code Talkers and uh, thought it was a good time to invoke his Pocahontas joke about Elizabeth Warren. And, of course, the quote that you've heard uh, talking to the Navajo Code Talkers is he's giving in this you know, marking the great sacrifice that they made in World War II and the genius that they came up with in terms of the use of uh, native languages to, uh, to, to to thwart the Germans and the Japanese. And, of course, it wasn't just Navajo, also Sioux code talkers, and we've that's been well documented. So they're having this thing, and these guys are up there, and they're in their 90s, okay? And he says, you were here long before any of us were here. Although we have a representative in Congress who they say was here a long time ago, they call her Pocahontas. That being Elizabeth Warren, the they being him, because he's who calls Elizabeth Warren Pocahontas because she got in trouble because there's some whether or not she's actually has Cherokee in her blood or not and what her heritage is and how she used that uh, uh, to get a job at Harvard Law School. Okay, that's the long and the short of it. Came out during the 2012 election when she won a Senate seat. And he uses it. It's his little Dale. And that's fine. You know, that's fine. Um, But a couple of things about this that really drive me nuts. Okay, first of all, didn't anybody think that maybe posing with Native Americans of the Navajo Nation in front of Andrew Jackson was maybe not the best idea. Andrew Jackson, of course, a president of the United States, well known for being an Indian fighter and being the guy who signed the documents that pushed Native Americans onto the Trail of Tears West, where many of them died. Not really a good person in the grand scheme of Native American history. And you, but here's the thing: you can disagree with Elizabeth Warren all you want on financial regulation or Wall Street, all that. That's fine. You can question her honesty about her heritage all you want. That's fine. You can disparage her all you want. She, you know, it's politics. That's going to happen. But you don't do it in front of a few of the last living Native American veterans of World War II. 
veterans who are disparaged for their heritage, who are discriminated against and relegated to reservation life, you want to make a Pocahontas joke. To me, these comments are abhorrent. And you'll hear all kinds of pro-Trump messengers trying to say, oh, it's just a joke. Or that the real issue is Elizabeth Warren. That's, that's crap. That's just crap. He said an exceptionally stupid thing directly to veterans who had nothing to do with what he was talking about, and he used them as a prop. That's reprehensible. I don't care what party you're from. I don't care. That is just dumb. But that pales in comparison at some measure to Gene Abdallah because it's local. So there's a story from Page of the Argus Leader today, which is a continuation of uh, the coverage about Peer and the, 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 the culture of uh, sexual harassment and innuendo and everything else that's been well documented. And uh, a woman who was involved in that coverage, Tiffany Campbell, former lobbyist, uh, she had told this story about somebody asking if, if, if he could watch her pee. Well, here's what happened. So Gene Abdallah, former legislator from District 10, which includes Sioux Falls or did, and former U.S. Marshal and former right-hand man of Bill Janklo, he, she, he gets appointed to the Board of Pardons and Paroles, okay, which is, needs to be uh, approved by the Senate. And so she is disgusted by this because she hadn't outed Abdallah as this person, but she sends an email to all the senators saying, this is the person who did this and you shouldn't vote for him. You shouldn't confirm him. And so the Argus leader calls Abdallah and this is where it gets really bad. Okay. Because how stupid do you got to be to say this? She can go to hell. I'll put my background of 37 years up, up against anything. If they believe her over me, I don't want the appointment. And then he goes on. I resent the fact that she's using sleazy and gutter politics for some sort of personal gain. If she spent as much time trying to keep her family together, maybe she'd still have them now. Miss Campbell apparently got in a divorce in 2010. What that has to do with anything, I don't know. But here's what I do know. Trump is a master of diversion and chaos. Okay. Abdallah's comments are ignorant in the least and Abject misogyny at worst. It speaks poorly of South Dakota that the powers that would be that would insulate him from any sort of criticism. Abdallah's been around a long time, okay? Often at the right hand of, as I said, the late Bill Janklow as they rampaged across the state. The times have changed, okay? But Gene Abdallah has not. There are many, many, many stories about Mr. Abdallah's adventures through the years. And it's hard to know what's right, what's true, what's wrong. I don't know. I don't know. I will tell you that in my journalism career, we did try and run some things down. The stories are out there. I don't need to go into them. Did he ask this young lady if he could watch her pee? I don't know. And that's not even the important thing here. It's his reaction. What, the, what, what personal gain does she have by saying this? What? What? None. That's what. The wink and nod culture of peer, which allowed generations of bad behavior that I've talked about here and are well documented at this point, allowing these things to go on without consequence, it must end. Gene Abdallah is a relic of an old time. 
his time in public life should end. And that's the bottom line on the PL statement for today. Agree or disagree, you can email me, Patrick at KSO.com. Go to our Twitter feed and uh, communicate with us that way, at P. Lally Show. It's always a good way to do it. And we are on Facebook Live for at least the first half hour of the show, often more. And you can watch us there, as many people are doing right now. Coming up after the break, it's The Common Man for Weird Friends. This is The Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. Three thirty-two on the Patrick Lally Show, Information One Thousand KSOO. We're born to run for our next guest, my weird friend, the common man. Common man, I, I, I you know, I've been sticking with Bruce for you, but I, I thought I'd go to a little born to run today. Well, oh, that's you? good. Yeah, because yeah, you are born. You're born to run, baby. Oh. You gotta, you gotta let the common man run. You know. Well. Wendy and I, you know, we we like to take our chances on the expressway. You know, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> never really, never really kind of understood, except for the fact that maybe that that Wendy's dad doesn't like him very much. Yeah, that's I've, right. I've, I've been on the. I, I can relate to that on a, on a number of levels, <laughs> and many times over the years. <laughs> but I was always good in the living room, Pat. Yeah, you know, exactly. That's, that's, exactly. Dad's not so much. Mom's like me though. Well, oh, that's good. Well, I, has that changed? I mean, that's kind of a, I don't know. I feel like that stereotype has changed a little bit. Do you think? Like culture has changed the idea of, oh, my father's growing. You know, the the dad likes you or doesn't like you, and the mom does. And you know, well, I think I think there's been too much pressure on on dads nowadays to to be. You know, to be the good guy, you know, back mm-hmm. in the old day, you were defending the castle. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's, you know, who is this loser knocking on my door and wants to talk to my daughter? Get and out. Now but, you know, now it's, it's, it's much hard to differentiate because there's, now there's, there's boyfriends and then there's boys that they go hang around with. And yeah. It's, it's, you know, the rules of engagement are, are lost. Yeah. It's, no so, one knows what's going on anymore. You raised a daughter. <clears throat> I did. And she's now long gone out of your home. That's twenty four. Big and girl, though. Yep. Did you uh, did you have to you know was it Katie bar the door there or was it you know standing there with the uh, shotgun that sort of thing when people uh, would show I up? would I would do embarrassing things um, really yeah uh, you know that's I was be like the one that, that if they'd be having you know be sitting in the living room I'd, I'd be come down in my boxer shorts and you know <laughs> the, things like that just, whatever whatever would just completely wreck the. The mojo, yeah, with well, like the evening for that. But you know, I'd eat, I'd eat like baked beans from a can, <laughs> turkey leg. <laughs> now, you want some? <laughs> What's going on? Where are you guys going? You guys want to watch the little MacGyver? Huh? <laughs> what do you think? That probably didn't go over too well, did it? Oh well, not especially. But you know, it served my purpose well. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They were off my couch, which that's is right. you know, after that, I, there's nothing I can do. But you know, <laughs> in, inside the domicile. No, I got my place. Yeah, and they were out of the house faster that way, right? Oh, thank God! <laughs> no, I was always a big one. You got to come up and you got to come up and see me. You know, you just you know, no honking the horn, no, you know, this stuff. You got to come up and present your present your case. 
Yeah. That, that worked out pretty well for me, but you know, there's Good. a lot of them I wish I wouldn't have had to made them do that. Do you think the, now your daughter, <laughs> she was not be a, would she, would she be considered a millennial? She is a millennial. Yeah. 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 She's 24. So, yeah, yeah. Well, does she, did she really even understand all the, I mean, these sort of things that we grew up with? You know, oh, no, no. And I, and I think about that uh, all the time in, in talking to her and my son, you know, it's just the things that they, they, they have no concept of, you know, the, we're just thinking about a list of them today, you know, party lines. Yeah, you, know, you used to pick up the phone and the mm-hmm. neighbors were talking. <laughs> That's a, that is a long time ago. Yeah, you know, rotary phones, dialing oh, a number, yeah, you know, yeah. there's no save things. Eight-track players. Yeah. That you, well, yeah, you could you could click from song to song. So the, the two songs that you wanted to listen to on the album, the other six ones that stunk, <laughs> you say, well, what do you mean? You bought the six songs that stunk? <laughs> well, you, well, you had to. You didn't, you didn't have a choice. Yeah, they don't understand that. No, you know, it, you know, they try to explain it when they when somebody they find a picture of an AMC Pacer. <laughs> That's hard to explain. You just go. You know what I mean, you go. What was up with this, Dad? And you're like, well, I, I, well, it's like watching Stranger Things. You know, we've been talking a lot about Stranger Things on the show with the mm-hmm. Boon Man and, and the Boonlet because uh, th- that's a good programming, and it's 1984, so you see things that you had kind of forgotten about. Like the pacer, <laughs> the, and the gremlin. Yes, the gremlin. You know, just all the unfortunate uh, American-made vehicles from this. You know the the the, the Volari, the Dodge Volari. I mean, mm-hmm. just 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 awful cars. Yeah, the Zephyr, the, the Mercury <laughs> Zephyr. Yes, it's just you know that all those things. And then the other, you know, I I tried to explain to Sam about going to the library and writing a paper the other day. You know, and, it's, yeah. and I said, you know. We had to use the Dewey Decimal System to yeah. go in and look for research material in the library in books. And I even tried to explain the book, the concept of a bookmobile to him. Oh no! A, a, a vehicle with books in it would come to your school and you check them out, and then it would leave. Yes. <laughs> and then you had to bring them back when and the bookmobile came back, and she'd magically appear a week later. <laughs> you brought your book back. So it just and they're like, well, why? Why did they have? Why didn't it was that at your school? Well, our school was kind of small. It had a library, but this was an additional mm-hmm. library. So it just you know, those types of things, and you know, uh, using a, a typewriter. I mean, you think Microsoft Word's a bear cat to deal with? <laughs> try try a Smith Corona typewriter on for size with the correction ribbon. Oh, with the whiteout and the correction tape and carbon copies. I mean, good lord, that was archaic, though. I mean, I am happy to be out of the world of carbon. Some things I'm nostalgic about. Those things I am not. <laughs> well, I mean, writing a research paper in high school, yeah. in our time, that was like delivering a baby. Because <laughs> then you had to get it typed. Just there couldn't be any spelling errors. And, there, you know, and everything was double-spaced. And you'd get to the bottom of the page, and you'd make one wrong keystroke. And, oh, God, it was, it was just terrible. And then you know, the other thing I noticed, too, the other day, uh, Patrick, is, is looking through pictures. And Sam, and Sam and I were looking at, like, baseball cards. And he says, Dad, were all the did, did everybody play till they were sixty in the seventies? Because <laughs> everybody looks so old. Well, they look so old. You know, you, you got guys with the general half track haircut. You yeah. know, and the, and like Max McGee of the Packers looks like he's he's like uh, an insurance salesman, which he probably was in the off field. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's right. I think they he, he found a picture of the old Viking kicker Fred Cox. Oh my God! Well, he was sixty, wasn't he? I, I'm pretty sure he was. Oh my! And, and then you know, guy, you know, Jim Marshall, the Vikings, and he's got gray hair playing. And it seems like, God, Dad, were these these were the top athletes of the day? 
<laughs> well, yeah, when you know when they weren't teaching community college. <laughs> Yeah, if you see a card like an old Harmon Krillabrew card or something. Oh, yeah, Harmon's, he looks like the sweetest potato farmer you ever saw in your life. <laughs> but he looks old and not like yeah. he's going to be one of the greatest hitters in baseball history. You know, not chiseled out of a, a marble and, you know, just kind of a big, strong guy. And Ken Stabler of the Raiders, a football fame, is another one of those guys who looks... Now, Ken looks like he was the bass player for Leonard Skinner. <laughs> the Snake. Yes, the Snake. Jake. No, not Jake the Snake. That's somebody else. No, Kenny the Snake. <laughs> yeah, Kenny the lefty. The snake. That's right. Yep. And he'd be smoking on the sideline. Oh, yeah. He'd yeah, be having a heater in the sideline. You know, that thing and the other parts that they don't understand is the, the safety measures that we've put in place for him now. I mean, I remember, you know, going to going to uh, the 18 foot diving board at Terrace Park. Oh, that was sweet. That was the right of manhood, boy. You had to go up there, you had to pass your little swimming test. Yeah. You got, I mean, that baby was up there. I only You'd, did it, I think, once or twice because I, I had a, a pretty de- defined fear of heights at that time. <laughs> and it, you're right, it was way up there. And it wasn't so much the jump off, it was the climb up. Oh, like going to the gallows. <laughs> it was a long way up there. And, and you know, there's always 15 kids behind you. So if you had to turn around, if you chickened out, yeah, was you had to walk by every North End guy in the face of the, and just like take a yeah. punch in the gut as you're going it's down like, from yeah, every one of them. Yeah, that a boy girl, and, and even girls were slugging you. So that was, you know that was <laughs> some of the, the girls we grew up at the North End would belch you. Oh, hard yeah. the guys, and we won't name names, but you know, no. you know Joan, Joan, <laughs> or, and then here's the, other, the how about climbing on a tank at Sherman Park? Yeah, or rumbling around on a fighter plane, yeah. twenty feet above the ground. Seemed Dennis the Menace Park. It seemed like a good idea at the time after World War II <laughs> when they built that thing. Yeah. Oh, let's, my God. Let's, let's get the kids used to climbing around in a tank because <laughs> they're going to have to, you know, the Russians are going to come through the fold of gap, and by golly, they better be ready. <laughs> it was uh, it was cool, though. The, the tank was particularly cool. Oh, yeah, because you could go in the hatch yeah. and, stuff and getting down in there. And it's like, wow, that's, that was that was. Super fun. It was a real tank. I mean, that's the other thing. <laughs> These were not like, it was just stuff that was left over from the war. Let's make it into toys. It's going to be <laughs> fine. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? At some point, they did seal up the tank. Like, you couldn't go inside. You could only climb on the outside of it. <laughs> it's pretty sweet. <laughs> but the, 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 those were some good times. And yeah. I, I think about, you know, all these, you know, we want to bubble wrap our children. Mm-hmm. God bless them, and we want to d- deliver them to age thirty with no with no scars. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the scars are what define us, Patrick. Yeah. They're that, what well, define us. We know that there's some scars from those boxer shorts, but other than that, <laughs> there's she's, uh, she's got a trust fund for the therapy she'll have to go through. <laughs> My dad, he comes oh, down. Hey, you guys, you guys want some beans? <laughs> God, that was a good one. I'm gonna remember that. Oh God! Well, they made it. Congratulations. Yeah, so so far so good. Yeah. No felony arrests, so it's good stuff. Common man, thanks for uh, checking in with us today, and I appreciate. It. We'll see you next week. Okay, thanks, Patrick. Take care. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information One Thousand KSOO. Three forty-five on the Patrick Lally Show. Information One Thousand KSOO. And I am very happy. I, I got excited when I saw that uh, Indie Events, which is a organization that brings documentary and uh, indie film to Sioux Falls, was bringing in the show Bill Nye Science Guy. And I thought, hey, that's pretty cool. Let's talk to Jamie Weedy. 
He is, of course, the force behind indie events, and he holds the uh, screenings every pretty much every Wednesday. Isn't that right, Jamie? Yep, right for right now. Yeah, about every Wednesday. Um, we have a screening at 7, and uh, we just started uh, a few months back doing a second screening at 9.30. And how's it going with the two screenings? Um, it's going pretty well. Um, last week, we were about half and half. I mean, there's actually been a few weeks the 9.30 crowd was actually larger than the 7 o'clock crowd. Um, so it, it's been good to do that so uh you have the the screenings at club david which is down on uh, 10th street in sioux falls between uh maine and dakota and uh as i said every wednesday night how did you tell me about bill nye science guy because i'm i'm kind of fascinated by this documentary i've heard about it but i don't know a lot about it but i love bill nye and i love all the people that are in this movie it's kind of amazing right i actually haven't gotten a chance to watch the whole thing yet Mm -hmm. um I, I booked it, it, it played at a few documentary film festivals, and uh, um, uh, PBS is going to be doing the theatrical release. Uh, but basically, you know, we haven't seen him, well, we've been seeing him now on interviews and stuff, but, like, I mean, this is the guy that educated a lot of uh, kids about science, and now all these people are adults, and we now we have this, uh, I don't know, there's some kind of a ignorance about uh, science, and uh, he's wanting to fight back and change some of that. So it's kind of showing what he's doing now and trying to be the spokesman for science. Yeah, he's become a real advocate and re- entering the you know the the uh, public policy fray a little bit and taking some heat. Um, but he's also got I saw Neil deGrasse Tyson is in this film. Right, right. Well, obviously Neil deGrasse Tyson's a huge, huge uh, scientist and uh, uh, intellectually. I mean, he's pushing the envelope for a more pro-science approach to uh, um, how we view the world. And Bill, Bill's, Bill's not quite the scientist. He is more of the spokesperson. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's an educator, at, essentially. Right, exactly. And and so, what does the, as you know, understand it? What's the film? Uh, what's the thread here? What what what's the film? Uh, how's it done? It's a documentary, essentially. Yes, right? it is a documentary, and it kind of, from my understanding, it's gonna, it's following um, his life and what he's doing now. Um, everybody knows what he was doing, uh, you know, ten, fifteen years ago when he was on television regularly, and had his PBS, own right? Show. I mean, yep, PBS, yeah. yep. yep. And then they bought the uh, documentary rights. So they just felt it was like they felt it was a natural fit, obviously. Um, and like I said, it didn't play here, so it was just another film that I reached out and asked if we could get it screened in Sioux Falls because I think this is something that needs to be shown here. Cool. We're talking with Jamie Weedy. He is uh, the organizer of a documentary and indie film series that plays pretty much every Wednesday night at Club David uh, and with some other uh, film one-offs here and there, and we'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. Um, so how did you... How did you hook up with this film? I mean, um, tell me that, how that happened. Well, it all started um, because I, I know uh, producer Brian Benson, and uh, his last uh, film that he produced was um, uh, Dolores. And I, wanted to, I really wanted to get Dolores. It was a documentary about Dolores Huerta, who was uh, you know, basically uh, Cesar Chavez's right hand mm-hmm. for years, and she's never gotten the credit uh, that she deserved. Um, uh, Carlos Santana was an executive producer. He's the one that shelled out money to make it happen. And I, I've been talking to Brian. And he's like, "Wow, oh, this 
this is who's distributing it. And he got me in contact with uh, the PBS's uh, distribution branch. So I showed Dolores, and then I asked what else they had on the horizon. And then the Bill Nye documentary came up, and I was like, yes, I, I want that, if that's a possibility. And we negotiated, and that's kind of how it went about. It was uh, about knowing this producer and him getting me in contact. That's pretty cool. So, you, it, but it's one night only. Run, one night only, unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately. Uh, so, um, when you deal with, uh, are you showing it on film? Yes, or is it video? It's um, they, digital. Yeah, it's a digital media. We are getting a um, a Blu-ray screener. Um, they, there's also the digi- DCP, but we just don't have uh, the money and access to those uh, projectors mm-hmm. to show. I mean, it still looks pretty good. Yeah. So when you buy when you buy the rights, or you you pay for a showing you pay per day per i mean how does that work um it's a it's i'm, I'm paying for the one the one day sc- screening and um you know i have a i have a guarantee fee versus uh percentage of ticket sales whichever's higher oh okay and what's the delivery do they have to mail you anything or is it just a download yeah um a lot of times they send me this occasionally they send me downloads but um they um they have watermarks and stuff in the disc, so if you try to copy them, they they know. Yeah. Um. So I mean, people are very protective. There's a lot of uh, copyright infringing going on in this uh, business, and it's really it's really hurting the indie uh, film circuit more than it is big Hollywood, and uh, it's it's getting really really difficult for them. And it's not to mention it's happening more to them because there are not outlets to show some of these movies, and I. I mean, I've ran into people saying, "Hey, I'm showing this film." Like, "Oh, God, I want to see that," but I've already, I've already got a download for it. Um, so, I mean, I know people are pirating, and it, it's really hurting the indie film. And this film is owned, as you said, by PBS. So they didn't make it, but after it came out, they bought the rights to yeah, it. Is believe, that how that uh, yeah, they didn't finance it. They they paid for the distribution rights. Was, okay. was my understanding. So you're dealing with PBS on this, not a third party. Right. Right. Wow. Because they own the uh, they own the distribution rights to the U.S. Do you have to, is it, is it hard to get in with them? I mean, did they like, eh. No, actually it was really, well, because Brian, um, Brian Benson, uh, he was the uh, producer of Dolores, he was the one that actually put me in contact with the person there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they actually want to get their movies shown um, in places. They, they, they want it, like a lot of these independent f- uh, film companies want to be in other markets um, because, uh not so much that they're getting a lot of ticket sales from it. It's it's just it's something that can, can slowly erode pirating. Even you know if it's, there's less likely people to pirate something in Sioux Falls if there's a chance they can see it on. I mean that's I'm I'm guessing that's part of it. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Um, so Dolores, you showed was it was uh, when was it? a few weeks ago, month ago, two something like that. Uh, about a couple months ago. A couple months ago, that was a pretty big uh, event for you, was it not? Yeah, we had a good, we had a really good turnout for Dolores. So I was pretty, pretty excited. Uh, and you have, uh, I said you do some one-offs. You have one coming up on Sunday, right? Yeah, I. Um, it's it's a new film um, by a, a woman filmmaker named Dorothy Borum. Uh, we don't have a lot of. Uh, uh, there's not a lot of women filmmakers, and there's certainly not a lot of them in the Midwest. Um, this will be her third feature, and she's going to be here in person on Sunday at, at 7 for that screening. I think the uh, uh, co-writer and cinematographer will be coming with her as well. Oh, wow. And where, where are they from, did you say that? Uh, Lincoln, Nebraska. Oh, cool. And so they're all coming up for the showing. Right, right. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and I, once again, it's an idea mostly to show off Sioux Falls, so hopefully we can uh, you know, 
twist their ear a little bit and say, hey, maybe you should shoot something here. You know, like, let's get more Yeah. So what's here. the film called again? Uh, that one is called Corruptor. Corruptor. And what's the, what kind of It's kind of it? a thriller that deals with uh, possession. Like exorcism and that sort of thing? Right, right. Got it. Not like I'm possessing my phone. Right, right, right. <laughs> not that kind of. Well, that's pretty cool. I've, and you've seen it? I have not. I haven't seen either of these two. I've just. I've been. I've been so busy that, mm-hmm. um, like with Bill Nye, I, I figured you know that's a no brainer. I yep. need to watch. And sometimes it's more fun watching it with an audience for the first time. Yeah. Instead of watching on my computer screen in advance. And then absolutely. With Dorothy, I you know she's coming. I'll I'd like watch it the first time in front of her. That'll be fun. So it's there, uh, do you watch it and then have a conversation or something? Uh, well, how's yeah, when, when, when Dorothy's here, we will. We'll have a live Q&A with her and, um, and, and the cinematographer and co-writer. And then uh, we'll probably, like, you know, ask questions. And we'll have, like, a little social hour afterwards where people can have some drinks. And, right on. And, and that's Sunday at what time? 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock Sunday, Club David. Wednesday night, tomorrow night, is Bill Nye Science Guy at 7 and 9.30. Correct. 7 and 9.30, Club David. If people want to know more about indie events, where do they go? Um, just go to the Facebook page. Um, just search uh, Indie Events on Facebook or SF Indie Events or Sioux Falls Indie Events. Um, it's I-N-D-I-E-V-E-N-T-S. The e and I- the last E of Indie is also the first E yeah. in Events. You crunch them together. Right, it's a fusion right. situation there. right. That's outstanding. Well, Jamie Weedy, uh, sounds great. I'm hoping to make it down for Bill Nye, science guy. Uh, I really appreciate you coming in. Thank you. Coming up after the top of the hour, uh, after the weather, we're going to talk with Brian Allen. He is the big anchor down at KSFY and uh, a great conversation with Brian. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. Three fifty-seven on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO. You get a shiver in the dark. It's raining in the park. But meantime, Dire Straits, Salt and Swing. Sound of the river. You're stopping your home. Everything. Hey, folks! I want to remind you that December 14, 15, 16, 17, it's Christmas at the Cathedral. That's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. All four nights are at 7.30, plus a 1 p.m. performance on Saturday and 2 p.m. on Sunday. Proceeds will benefit the Bishop Dudley House and Cathedral of St. Joseph Ongoing Care and Maintenance Endowments. You can get more information at ccfesd.org. If you just Google Christmas at the Cathedral, you'll find out everything you need to know. Coming up after the uh, break at the top of the hour, about 4.15, we've got Mr. Brian Allen from KSFY News. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. But the horns, they blow in that sound. Welcome back to the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. And I am quite pleased to have back in the studio my old friend and anchor over at the big KSFY News, where he's been now for over a decade Brian Allen, ladies and gentlemen. Brian, thanks for coming in. Oh, anytime. Nice to see you, sir. We, you know, I don't get you in here enough. I don't. You're you're a busy man, and it's hard to it's hard to get the connection. So I'm I'm happy you can make it. Oh, you bet. Uh, and I I always like talking about news, and I like journalists. So, um, you know, uh, if you've been following the news out there locally, and there's always a lot of the best news is local news. Don't mm-hmm. you agree? Oh, sure, it's, sure. It is the most fun, and right now we've got some great stuff. Hmm. We've got some great stuff. What uh, what are you guys doing? What do you make of this whole uh, 
hotel development parking ramp debate that's going on downtown. Uh, first time we've ever done this kind of big public-private partnership. Sure. What, what are you hearing? What, what stories are you guys working on, and, and uh, what's your reaction to all that? Well, the first thing is I think it's good that this is a talker because it shows that people are paying attention. They're paying attention for a couple reasons. One, this isn't a project like anything we've ever seen before. But secondly, and I think almost more importantly, it's a project that is happening downtown. Yeah. And how many years have you heard people say that downtown was being ignored as far as fresh development? Sure, there's been redevelopment. Right. And there have been those core businesses that have, that have done well and have always done well downtown but the outcry has always been when are we going to focus some real positive energy Mm -hmm. on what's happening down here and you're starting to see that happen now and and it's a it's a good thing to to see that that conversation is unfolding right now i love the fact that there is open and honest debate about everything from the color of the building i had a guy tell me two days ago does it have to be yellow (laughs) I looked at the artist's renderings. Really, does it have to be yellow? Yeah. You know, and some people might view that as nitpicking, but nitpicking is good because yeah. let's hash this out. Let's talk about it. It's kind of amazing. There's the big macro issue, which is okay. It's fifty million dollars. You know, the parking ramp uh, is twenty-one million of that is or twenty million of that. Four million is ground preparation, and I mean, there's those kind of granular debates. Mm-hmm. And then you do talk to people that look at it and go, "Is that?" Is that architecture really, uh, you know, site appropriate? <laughs> I mean, and, and you know, there are people who are not architects, right, or design, but they just have a visceral reaction to it, right. And that's that is a true. De- uh, there's a true definition between those two camps. And keep in mind that what we're hearing right now for cost estimates, and you know this as well as I do, the first numbers you hear aren't the final numbers. No. So no. it's entirely possible that we will bring this part of it in under budget, or we thought we would, but it went over budget. Mm-hmm. That's the type of crystal balling that we're going to have to watch out for in terms of the dollars and cents nature of this project. Do you think that uh, um, people are more skeptical now, uh, not so much because of the Premier Center and what it costs, but the whole process that ultimately was behind the siding, which you're like, okay, who's getting what here? I think that debate has kind of kind of leaked over into this deal because people are immediately, particularly people like Teresa Staley and mm-hmm. some other folks, are immediately suspicious. On any project like this, yeah. on a city level, anymore, especially in the climate we're in right now, mm-hmm. the the word that has to be considered, like in bold print, italicized and underlined, has to be transparency. Yeah, that has to be in place. And anything that's not a thousand percent open and can't immediately be answered mm-hmm. is going to smell to people these days. And one of the things that I love, you know, we talked briefly before we uh, we went on the air here about the idea of. Isn't local news great? Yeah. And one of the reasons that local news is great is because we have the ability to ask direct questions of the decision makers. And when you ask those direct questions and you don't get the direct answers, mm-hmm. that immediately throws up a flag, and I think it should. Mm-hmm. And that's I think we've seen that now over and over with the, uh, the Huther administration sort of been taking some bullets. Um, you know, Mike Huther came into office saying he was going to be the most transparent mayor in the history of the world, mm-hmm. and... Turns out he's not exactly an advocate for transparency and open government. Do you think that's going to reflect poorly on him, his legacy? I think that that if you look at a legacy as writing the book on mm-hmm. what someone has done, I think that'll be a chapter or, yeah. or a part of a chapter. Um, but when you look when you look at a situation like that, I mean, you have to look at it. You know, no rose colored glasses. You have to have eyes open, and you have to see what happened for what it is. Mm-hmm. 
And there is no doubt that there was, and who knows where it comes from, but there was, uh, especially with that Premier Center, the idea of we are not going to answer these questions. Mm -hmm. And when you're a journalist and it's your job to ask questions and those questions aren't being answered, question number two is why? (laughs) Yeah. Why aren't we getting an answer to these questions? Yeah, and there doesn't seem to be any um, sort of... uh, uh, sense of reform there in in the, in the sense of you know i we made some mistakes here and and we're going to try and but it's it's continues to be this we need secrecy to make the best deal for the people and i don't know where that comes from but it seems to be uh pretty um ingrained into what's going on at city hall right now you have to look at that and sort of gut check yourself mostly as just a resident of this city and ask yourself, what level of secrecy do you understand? What mm-hmm. level of secrecy makes sense? For example, uh, there are delegate negotiations that happen when a city is trying to get a business mm-hmm. to come to town because you don't want to tip off competitors. You don't want to ruin any type of plans this business might have to come in and expand. That's the type of secrecy that you can understand. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to the, the day-to-day making of the stake, how is it done? How is it getting done? Again, you have to ask yourself, what level of secrecy are you comfortable with? And what level of secrecy makes you go, hmm, why is that a secret? Right. And then on the backside, after things are announced, there's another stage, which is, okay, yes, we, we negotiated this deal, but here's the deal. Here's mm-hmm. all of it. Yeah. There's, there's nothing else to, to say. And I think that's sometimes where people get stuck on these things. And, you know, quite frankly, the mayor, Mike Huther, doesn't like to be challenged. He doesn't like to have his actions questioned. It's just a, I mean, it's just an ego thing, you know. And a lot of people, I feel that way sometimes. Like, why are you doing this? Well, because I wanted it. You know, you have that with your with your friends and your relatives and, you know, your mom asking you, how come you're not going to the right college? Or you have, why do you, you just don't want to be questioned. But when you're in public office, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. When you're the mayor, it's going to happen every day, a lot. And he doesn't react very well to that. Sometimes I think that does makes it seem worse than it is. But, but those those points, Patrick, they're not mutually exclusive. No. You can still say to yourself, boy, I really don't like being questioned about this. Mm-hmm. But then still tell yourself, these are questions I need to answer because mm-hmm. I'm an elected official of this city. And I just keep getting myself in trouble. Uh, we're here with Brian Allen. He is the anchor of the... Big news down there at KSFY in a palatial new offices in downtown Sea Falls. Love them. Yeah, how's that going there? I tell you what, I, the building at 6th and Dakota, it served us very well. It was a bunker. For, let's be, for, for 42 years. Let's be serious, it was a bunker. But the where we are now yeah. on Courthouse Square, um, it, it sends a message, mm-hmm. I think, that we are obviously have had and will continue to have a long-term commitment to this community. Mm -hmm. And it's not just the fact that we can work in this nice space and it looks nice and things are bright and shiny, but it's also the idea of we have space to expand. Mm -hmm. And some expansions will be coming by the end of the year in terms of the programming that we offer at KSFY. Um, And it's it's a pleasure to be able to talk to people about that and Mm -hmm. to be like, we're not just, we we don't just come here every day and make the donuts. You know, we have our eye on the future. And the future will be more. The future will be better. And it just underpins our commitment that we have as journalists to serve this community. 
Yeah, I think it's cool that you can. Uh, it's so uh, open, and there's so many windows that mm-hmm. I mean, not only can you guys see out, which mm-hmm. is lovely, but people can see in. They can say, "Oh, look." I mean, you don't see the news set mm-hmm. necessarily, but you see the sort of hub and bub of a, of a TV station. There's lights on, you know, and you've got the ticker out front, which is really cool. I love the ticker. The ticker really is do. awesome. Um, we are going to come right back with Brian Allen here right after the news with Mr. Dan Peters, who is here, which is good, and talk more about uh, local politics and his new baby, and then we'll get into some state stuff and see where it goes from there. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. Welcome back to the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO, and we're continuing our conversation here with Mr. Brian Allen. He is the anchor of the KSFY News. Now, do you do 5, 6, and 10? 5, 6, and 10, Monday through Friday. Wow. That's a lot of talking. That's a lot of camera time, isn't it? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, it is. Now, with the new lights and everything, Mm -hmm. the LEDs and such, it's not nearly as hot as it used to be, is it? No. No. In fact, I remember when we first went in the building to do test runs to Mm -hmm. make sure, you know, get the cobwebs out, that type of thing. We were sitting down there, and we were looking at each other, and we were like, is this enough light? <laughs> because, you know, we were so used to, to just, you know, old Hollywood yep. lights, camera, action type of lighting. Yep. And this new lighting, you know, like everything else these days, it ends up doing more with less. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. I, I remember the first time I was around some of those big LED lights. Oh, yeah. I and mean, you just put your hands right on them. You're like, it's amazing. <laughs> um we were talking a little bit about politics here, but I don't want to. I don't want to move on too fast without uh, bringing up the fact that the last time you were here, mm-hmm. you had your lovely wife with you. Yes, and she was uh, quite pregnant. <laughs> yes, and you guys were just. It was any day at that point, mm-hmm. uh, and in fact, you did have a lovely son. Yes, his name's Ben. Yes, how is Ben? Ben is awesome. Yeah. Ben Ben is amazing. I have to tell you. Um, it's it's one of those things where I mean, he's 11 weeks old, mm-hmm. and da- on a daily basis, Ann and I look at each other and we say to ourselves, "What in the world mm-hmm. did we ever do without him?" Yeah, you know, uh, he is just such he is just such a joy and just brings such joy. He's the mellowest baby, mm-hmm. typically. Um, that I've ever seen. He went swimming in the swimming pool for the first time this last weekend with his grandfather. Outstanding. Loved it. Put him right in the water. He didn't fuss, didn't do anything, just like he was an old pro. Yeah, and this is not either of you, Yoran, first rodeo with kids. Um, You've uh, you've been public about the the whole blended family experience that you have. So this is not new, but what's it like now? So what number is he total? Ben total is number six. Six. So you mm-hmm. got a lot going on. Right. What's that experience like for you now as a little bit of an older man? Mm-hmm. Not, you're not old. You're still looking great. By the way. Well, thank you very much. Checks in the mail. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's that like as a, as a you know older guy now raising a baby? I feel like, and, and not to pat myself on the back at all, mm-hmm. but it's just one of those things that I've observed. With age, hopefully, comes wisdom and experience. And I think that, that those two things combined, um, going forward, makes me a, a better dad for, for all the kids, mm-hmm. you know, but, but especially Ben, the things that I'll be able to pass on to him mm-hmm. as he gets older, and I'll be able to say, you know, I, I'm somewhat of an authority on this, son, because, <laughs> because, because, because I've lived it. I've lived a lot of life. I've done a lot of things mm-hmm. in a lot of different places, um, not like any other kid. He'll probably tell me, you know, go stuff it in my hat. <laughs> yeah. But at least, but at least it, it, it's there to try to pass on to him. 
Yeah, and also you can say, you know, your brother tried that once, didn't work for and him didn't either. Work. Yeah, yeah, I tried it once, didn't work for me. Your brother, number one, tried it. Brother yeah. number two tried it, <laughs> yeah. and so on and so forth. So are you prepared for this? So uh, because you were having a, a baby at an older age, and mm-hmm. I've had this conversation with other people, are you prepared for sitting at a, a high school basketball game or what have you and have them say, oh, is that your grandson? Oh, <laughs> It's already happened. I bet. With, with our youngest daughter, Elsie. I took her at her school. There was a donut with dads event. Yeah. And I took her to this event, and one of the dads leaned over to me and said, I think it's so nice that you took the time to bring your granddaughter here. <laughs> and I looked at him, and I said, actually, she's mine. Yeah, that's right. And he just kind of got a sheepish look <laughs> on his face, and no more words were exchanged. Well, you'd think people would be a little more aware of these things because... You know, you're not the only guy out there. Oh, sure. You know, I don't mean to. You're in your 40s. Oh, yeah. 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 You're in your 40s. I'll be, I will be 45 in February. You're not the only 45-year-old guy out there with little kids. No. I mean, no. science being what it is. and uh, But it's still, it it's going to happen. And I think it's one of those things that as I age and as Ben gets older, I think it's one of those things that just by osmosis will force me to stay on the younger side. Yes. Of things. Yeah, I'm you know. sure you'll keep more hair this way. Oh, sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah, let's go with that. Let's go with that. We're here with Brian Allen. He is the anchor of KSFY News at 5, 6, and 10, where he has been for a decade now. And I know if you're if you're like me, it seems like time has flown by, Brian. I don't know where it goes. Yeah. I tell people all the time that I, I, I love this community, mm-hmm. and I love working at KSFY. And when people ask me, you know, if you could be doing anything else right now from a career standpoint, what would it be? And my hand to God, I don't have an answer for that. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm doing what I want to be doing in the place I want to be doing it. It's a tough business to get old in, though. Have it you ever thought be. about that? It, it, it can be. Um, but, look, the thing that I focus on day in and day out is am I doing my level best? Mm-hmm to serve the public that watches us? Am I telling them interesting stories? Am I telling them compelling stories? Do they learn something after watching our newscast? Those are the things I focus on. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just think that if you focus on those things, on doing those things, and you do them well, hopefully, knock on wood, the rest just takes care of itself. And you're still working a lot in the field. Um, it's part, I mean, it's part of being at a smaller station, mm-hmm. but it's also part of who you are. It's part of who I am. If I walked into a studio daily and just read scripts mm-hmm. and that's all I did, I wouldn't be able to go home at night and look at myself in a mirror and tell myself, you're a journalist. Mm-hmm. Part of that has to be that you go out in the field, mm-hmm. that you talk to people, you, you take the temperature of the community on a various a wide array of issues but that you do that work, you you have to. At least I have to. I could not do this and not report. Mm-hmm. I, I just couldn't. You get bored. It's not. But it, but it's not just yeah. boredom. It's the idea of, you know, I I'm one of these guys that still views journalism as a public service and a public trust, and I take that very seriously. And when I see the media take hits like they have been. It bothers me because it feels like people are painting with a broad brush, that all media is bad. Mm -hmm. And and I refuse to believe that. Mm -hmm. I've never worked in a newsroom 
where we've had a morning or afternoon meeting, and we've said, okay, guys, what's our political agenda for today? <laughs> right. It's never happened. Um, I, I don't work that way. Right. I don't work that way. My interest is getting to the public the information that they need, the information that they want, the information that they're asking for. And that last part's especially important because social media just magnifies that two-way conversation. Absolutely. And if people aren't listening, if journalists aren't actively engaged in social media, they are losing out on hearing from a block of people that have a tremendous voice, and they will feel like you're not hearing their voice, and that will upset them, and perhaps rightly so. You know, let's stay on this topic of media, though, for a second, uh, because, you know, media does take a lot of hits, and sometimes it's deserved, sometimes yes. it's not. But how do you ask a hard question, a direct question, a challenging question, and and not have that perception that you're uh, dogging somebody or berating them or, or, or making it seem like you do have an agenda? It, it's, it's the risk that you run, mm -hmm. especially in this highly polarized, politicized environment. But if the question has to be asked, you ask the question. It requ I think it, re it requires a couple of things on a journalist part. It involves being mentally resolute. I'm going to do my job. Mm -hmm. It involves having a thick skin. And that is, I'm going to do my job, and when people throw rocks at me, it's okay, because I know I've done my job. Yeah. Have you ever been in that situation where you, it's just hostile? I mean, you've got a hostile environment. It doesn't happen that often. It doesn't happen that often, and typically these days it happens on the backside of a story yeah. with people reacting to it. That's exactly right. But the, the thing that, that, that I'm most happy about, in recent weeks I've run a lot of reporting that I've done that has been politically based. And I haven't received one message from anyone that says, oh, you obviously lean right mm -hmm. or you obviously lean left. And I view that as a victory because that's how I want to be seen because that's how I approach the job. The only horse that I ever have in the race is on behalf of the public. I'm not in for candidate A or candidate B or candidate C or party one or party two. Mm -hmm. I'm interested in finding out the facts so I can tell those to the public. Speaking of politics, we're going to talk about some big races coming up here in our community and in the state at large. After this break, with more with Brian Allen of KSFY News, this is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. Welcome back to the Patrick Lally Show here on Information 1000 KSOO, and we are talking with Brian Allen. He, of course, is the very recognizable and well-known anchor of the KSFY News at 5, 6, and 10 uh, from the palatial studios. What we can really call it a, a, a you know, kind of a castle. To, to television broadcasting down there at 6th and... No, not 6th and Dakota. It's 12th and 12th and 1st. 1st and 12th, Courthouse yeah. Square. Yeah. Court, yeah, Courthouse Square. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about the uh, uh, first the mayor's race. Mm -hmm. So we still got eight people. People keep thinking there's going to be additional candidates, and it's still very early in the process. But as this is shaken out, um, what, what are you hearing? What do you hear from people? What do, they, what, what do they think of this mayor's race with everybody in there? The people that I talk to... The candidate that they're talking to me about is Jolene Letcher. Oh, really? Who you, whom you know. Mm -hmm. Jolene was in broadcast, uh, broadcast arts, as we like to say, <laughs> um, for a number of years, both here and in Sioux City. Yep. And I think the reason why 
she has early buzz is one, she's aggressive, mm-hmm. and two, she's very aggressive specifically on social media. Mm-hmm. And it's not just with posts, it's not right. just text. Uh, she's putting out there uh, videos that people who are interested in the race right now can watch and help them connect with her. Yeah, she's making commercials already, essentially. Mm-hmm. Really, I mean, low budget kind of. But she knows what she's doing in that regard. And what's interesting is that what, is she, what she's putting out there isn't just, I'm Jolene and I want to be mayor. Right. She put out a video maybe a week and a half, two weeks ago. I hope I'm right on my time frame there. But she was talking about how people went to the Foo Fighters concert. Yeah. And that when people left after that concert, that there really wasn't any place for them to go if they wanted to continue the evening. Mm-hmm. And she was using that conversation to say, we need to build up an arts and entertainment district specific to the Premier Center so that we can continue to, to, to harvest revenue mm-hmm. from folks who might want to go out to eat after the concert or have a drink, that type of thing. She's talking issues right now. Mm-hmm. And I think the other candidates perhaps are laying back and waiting till we get closer to that first election day to sort of make their case and make their point. She's not waiting. Yeah. And it's interesting because, um, as I perceive it, it's not like she isn't connected, because she is. Mm -hmm. When you look at the the list of her supporters Mm -hmm. that she has made public, um, but she probably doesn't have the fundraising. I don't want to judge her, but I would bet that she doesn't have the fundraising capacity of, say, a Jim Eneman or Greg Jameson or Mm -hmm. even Paul Tenhaken. But she is, seems like, She's making better use of of what she has at this time. I think she is. And one thing that I've noticed as well, and I think we talked about this the last time I was on with you, was the idea of whoever has to step into that that role, uh, a bar has been set in terms of economic development, in terms Mm -hmm. of moving this city forward, in terms of bringing things to town. And for better or for worse, whoever that next person is has to live up to that. And she's talking about that right now, of wanting to continue to make hay while the sun is shining, albeit the sun's still shining at that point in time. And she's going to be on the show, I think, on Thursday. So you're setting this up marvelously for me. Thank you. Um, uh, She is doing those things. She's the only woman in the race. Mm -hmm. Is that good or bad? Positive, negative? What do you think? Well, I, I think it's positive. I think it's positive. Um, whenever you talk about um, political races mm-hmm. and who's in them, like, for example, a couple of weeks ago, I sat down with Christy Nome. She's running for governor. Mm-hmm. She's the only female in the race. Well, Laura Hubble is as well. Mm-hmm. But in terms of front runners, you know, mm-hmm. and we talked about that. And the idea is we need to reach a point in society where a female running for office isn't seen as the thing that raises the eyebrow. Mm -hmm. It just needs to be seen as this is the way it is. Of course there would be a female, two females, three females. I'm surprised there's not more. If you would have told me there would be eight candidates for mayor, uh, how many of those would be women? Mm -hmm. I'd say at least three. It's just where I would have thought things would have shaken out. Mm -hmm. Now, it didn't for whatever reason. But... Politics is also uh, not forgiving, uh, and sometimes it reflects the, uh, the, 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 the notion of society and the, the trends of society in a way that aren't necessarily what we always want to be our best. Right. Meaning they look at a young woman with not a lot of uh, public 
policy experience or government experience and say, well, they're just not going to vote for it. But every time I have a political discussion, and it boils down to, well, person A doesn't have a lot of political background, and person B does. And, boy, this is really going to make me old school. It mm-hmm. really is. Let me grab the powdered wig right now. <laughs> but when the country was designed, it was designed to be a governmental process where people who didn't have a political background could seek office, become part of that process, do the work, mm-hmm. and then return to their right. previous life. Right. And so this idea of, well, person A doesn't have a, a, a political background, okay, maybe that's a legitimate consideration, but let's broaden it out for a second. What is this person's ideas? Mm-hmm. What do they want to accomplish? What are they saying? What's in their mind? What's in their heart? I, I think there has to be a broader patchwork of consideration other than person A hasn't been in elected office for fill-in-the-blank w- with an amount of years. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I, I don't necessarily see that as, as a disqualifier. I just I just don't think it should be. I wouldn't think so in this, this age, but I'm continually surprised by the things that I think have passed that I have not. Um, the other person it, that has not actually gotten, gotten a lot of uh, publicity or whatever at this point is Jim Eneman, who's mm-hmm. a well-known quantity, and maybe that's why. But I think we forget sometimes, and I had Jim on the show the other day, um, just what a how deep his roots are and how much that still matters in Sioux Falls. Sure. And I think that that's, that's sort of an, that's an unknown factor right now. The other part of it is, you know, can Paul Tenhaken bring a bunch of new voters into the process? Could be. But it's, it's fascinating to watch. That first round mm-hmm. could go any one of about six different ways. It's going to be interesting to see how this cauldron gets stirred. <laughs> Yep. In the coming months. Yep. And that's the fun part of politics. And it's going to be interesting to see who the people of Sioux Falls ultimately throw their support behind. Yep. It's going to be fun. Um, we're here with Brian Allen, the anchor of the 5, 6, and 10 at KSFY, who just, as he mentioned, did uh, a bunch of work on the governor's race. Yes. And uh, how'd that go for you? What'd you make of it? It's very interesting. Um, we spent... Uh, a full afternoon with uh, Democratic candidate Billy Sutton mm-hmm. at his family ranch down in Burke. We spent an afternoon at home with Marty Jackley at his home in Pier. We spent an afternoon with uh, Christy Nome at her family's uh, operation uh, up in Castlewood. Um, boy, these are, are three really focused individuals mm-hmm. and three individuals that have specific items that they want to address. Sometimes when you're covering politics, you realize that the candidates you're covering are running for an office just because they think it'd be kind of cool to yeah. be in that office. Yeah. You know, but when you push on it a little bit, there's not much behind it. There is substance behind all three of these candidates. Billy Sutton saying that, that something needs to be done and done now to increase transparency and peer. He says we're at a, um, an a tipping point mm-hmm. in peer in terms of public trust and transparency. Marty Jackley saying that he wants to focus on the economy and that we have to diversify so that we're not so ag dependent, so that when we get in a cycle that we're in now where ag revenues are lower, that it affects everything else. Not that we can ever fully get away from that just based on the powerhouse that ag is in South Dakota, right. but there are ways to potentially diversify. That's what he wants to look at. And when you talk to Christy Nome. She just says that if she's elected, she wants to 
dramatically change how business is done in peer. Her argument is peer is behind the curve and behind mm-hmm. the times, yeah. and that those things need to be changed. And, of course, the big first round there is Christy Noem against Marty Jackley in the Republican mm-hmm. primary. Um, that is heating up already. Uh, they have both raised a lot of money mm-hmm. for, a, for a governor's race in South Dakota. They mm-hmm. typically are not as expensive as a congressional race. Um, that's going to be a that's going to be a big fight. Uh, uh, any any sense from uh, Republicans out there how how things are shaken out, or is it still just very much a wait and see? I, in terms of the sense I get, I mm-hmm. get I get two points when I talk to Republicans. One, what you said, it's going to be very interesting to see how this shakes down. Mm-hmm. But two, Republicans are hoping that as this continues forward through time, that as it shakes down, it shakes down amicably. That well, it's they're not, praying it happens that way. That, that it, yeah, that it's just not an ugly, knockdown, drag-out, slobber-knocker type of political fight. Yeah, I think it will be uh, very aggressive, but not to the degree that everybody's afraid of from the Barnett-Kirby-Rounds primary of many years ago. So. Because when you talk to, to people, um, for example, who support Laura Hubble, mm-hmm. uh, the argument that they're kind of making right now is, well, remember, remember uh, Barnett and Kirby, yeah, and how Mike Round split that vote. I, I, With all due respect, true. I don't think that's true. the same case. I don't. But think, I know they make I, I that case. I don't think it is as well. Yeah. But that's that's in the hubbub right. right now of things that are being talked about. The Hubblebub. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and with that, Brian Allen. Thank you very much for coming in today. I really appreciate it, and you've got to come back sooner. I, I will. It, it honestly is always a pleasure to be in here with you. Oh, thanks. Um, with This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. <laughs> 455 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And as usual, I like to end the day with... And clash. I really like them today with this is Radio Clash. Radio Clash is seeming on transmission, beaming from the mountain top using horror ammunition. With extreme prejudice, I try to terminate our mission. Hey everybody, during the month of December, starting on the 1st and running all to the 24th, it's Miracle on 41st Street Toy Drive. And this is a, a really big deal for, at the Children's Inn gift wrapping booth. Drop off new toy, new toys, cash, donation, or an item of need at the Children's Inn. And they're at the gift wrapping station booth in Macy's Wing of Empire Mall. Have your gifts wrapped at the booth for a cash donation to the Children's Inn. For a list of items of need, click on KSO.com and drop off. Bins will be set up at the Washington Pavilion during the Tonic Soul Fall Tonic Solfa Holiday Concerts, December 1st and 2nd. A special thanks to Great Plains Dental, Great Western Bank, and Excel Energy for helping sponsor this year's event. Um, you know, I, I, I've, uh, I've been watching the Twitter today and watching uh, Facebook, and I, I really need, I need you good people to go to P. Lally Show on Twitter. Go to, uh, yeah, go find my Facebook page at P. Patrick Lally. And uh, just, I mean, we need to just lay a beating on Jeff Turn over at ESPN 99.1 because our battle here over whether or not bikes should be allowed to be on the roads continues. It continues unabated 
even as our shows are simultaneously broadcasting here from Results Radio. I'm sure he's over there. I haven't been able to listen, but I'm sure he's over there disparaging me, disparaging bikes, talking about how he likes to just drive wherever he wants to, as fast as he wants to, wherever he wants to go, and bikes should get out of his way. That's the message from Mr. Turn today. And, you know, he needs he needs, needs an attitude adjustment. And I know the good people of this show, uh, some of you <laughs> would like to help me out. And I understand that there may be some folks out there who maybe agree with Mr. Turn. And that's fine. That's okay. But I think this is a debate we need to have. Transportation, as you know, is a big deal to me. I, I want good transportation, solid transportation for the citizens of this community. And there should be alternatives because cars cost too much. They cost too darn much to operate if you are somebody that's working at all on the margins of society. And so Mr. Turn needs to learn this. We just need to teach. We need to be an education. This is an education moment, a teaching moment, as we like to say, for our good friends over at ESPN 99.1. Jerry P., also over there at ESPN 99, he cannot be dismissed in this discussion because he's there egging on Turn. So go to P. Lally show on Twitter and help me out. All right. Coming up on the show tomorrow, good show. Dr. Kirk Griffin, he is a diabetes expert with Sanford Research. He'll be to talk here to talk about a recent report that says the diabetes crisis is getting worse across the world. Oh, it's bad. Scott Hudson will be in for weird friends. It's going to be a good time. Thanks, everybody. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO.